uh, snatched uh, the rainbow. Doesn't mean that the rainbow doesn't belong to us anymore. Am I right about it? The rainbow is still our token that God gave us for covenant. Am I right about that? And so just because the world, you know, through all their media and all their marketing, they've really uh, commercialized and secularized Christmas, uh, doesn't mean that we shouldn't celebrate. In fact, we ought to be the most, uh, the greatest celebrants of this holiday. We're the ones who really should be going overboard because it's really our day. Am I right about it? Just like Easter comes around, we call it Resurrection Sunday, and people think, you know, well, the world, they do all this kind of stuff. Well, if anybody should be celebrating resurrection, it should be us. Because it's our day. It's not the world's day, it's our day. Tell your neighbor, it's our day. It's our day. And for those of us who are born-again believers, those of us who are living and walking by faith, those of us who are standing on the promises of God, you and I should be celebrating more than anybody else. In fact, if I want to say to you, if you believe in God to do something big, if you believe in God to, to keep a promise in your life, I want to say to you, Merry Christmas. <laughs> I'm not talking to everybody. I'm talking about those who are living by faith and walking by faith, those who are standing on God's promises, those who are believing God to do something in their lives. I want to say to you, Merry Christmas. That if God's ever done anything for you in your life, anything before, Christmas is a, is a sign that he won't fail now. In your Bibles, in the book of Isaiah 4 to 6, you don't have time to go there. Uh, they'll put on the screens for us. I, I got to move quickly. I, so, I promise you a brief service today. Isaiah 46 in verses 9 and 10, it says this. Remember the former things of old. You know, there's another place says, don't remember the former things. But here in Isaiah 46, God says, remember the former things of old, for I am God, and help me out. They sang that this morning, there's nobody else, nobody else, right? I am God, and there is none like me, declaring what? The end from the beginning, and from ancient times, Things that are not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. So, for those of us who are living by faith and walking by faith and standing on God's, remember we used to sing a song back in the day, standing on the promises of Christ. My, see, not everybody's doing that, but some of us are actually standing on God's promises. The reason why we haven't lost our minds is because we're standing on God's promises. The psalmist said it, said it this way in Psalm 27. He said, I would have fainted. I would have quit. Except I believed I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. In other words, what the psalmist was, was saying was, I'm standing on his promises. The reason why I hadn't thrown in the towel is because I'm standing on his promises. I know the year is almost up, but I'm standing on his promises. I know things have happened. I know people have left me. I know people have turned their backs on me, but I'm standing on the promises of God. And so if you're standing on the promises of God, then Merry Christmas to you. This is a day of, of encouragement. Because watch what the Bible says in Isaiah 46 verse 9. 
God says, remember the former things of old. So one thing God wants you to do is when you're standing on a promise, remember what has already happened. When he says, remember the former things of old, he said, look back over your shoulder and see what I've already done for you. From time to time, my wife and I get together and just sit there and just testify. We'll ride in the car or sit in our home, sit in our in our bedroom or sit in, the, in, our, in, our, in our living room or somewhere and we'll just testify to each other. Look at what God has done. Look at all that God has done. See, that, 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 that way you don't ever get boastful or prideful or arrogant. When you remind yourself that everything you have, God has given it to you. And when you remember what he has done, it encourages you to keep standing on what you're believing him to do. And the way the devil can get us in so much uh, mental anguish and bondage is if he can get us to forget. That's why, that's why I told you to get that book of expectation. I, I got to test, just testify for a moment. Sister Faye came the other night. Sister Faye came and shared. Uh, she brought me her book from 2023. And she said, Pastor, I went through the book and um, I counted up all that, added up all that God had brought into my hands extra, all that extra stuff. And you mind if I say, she said it was over 10, she showed me over $10,000 God had brought in. Now watch. See, if you don't record that, the devil will make you forget that. And he'll have you depressed or anxious about, about your present because he makes you forget about what God's already done. That's why you need the book to write down so those days when the devil tell you, you ain't gonna make it, you gonna run out, you gonna say, devil, shut up, look at the book. Look what God has already done. You know you can tell the devil to shut up, can't you? You better tell him to shut up because he's trying to shut you up. He wanna shut up your praise and your worship, your thanksgiving, you better shut him up sometimes. So he says, remember the former things. Remember what I've already done. Then he says in verse 10, verse 10, he says, declare the end from the beginning. And from ancient times, things that are not yet done. Saying my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. So in other words, God declares the end, the end meaning the result from the beginning. So God says, I don't start at the beginning. I start at the end. I tell you the end, then I go back and push start. So while you're going through your journey, I've already seen the end. I've already spoken the end. And I have some good news for somebody over here on this side. God will never start something he won't finish. Okay, three of y'all got him. Come on, that row over there. God will never start something in your life that he won't finish. Tell your neighbor, if God started it, he's going to finish it. If God started it, he's going to finish it. Paul said in Philippians 1.6, being confident of this very thing, that he which has begun a good work in you shall complete it. Until the day of Jesus Christ. So if God, you know, I, you know, I'm guilty. There are things I've started and didn't finish. Anybody else testify? There are things you started and you didn't finish, but God ain't like that. 
Whatever God starts, because he's already spoken the finish. In fact, he's already crossed the finish line. He's the author and the Y'all got it. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. So God starts and he finishes. Now, Philippians 1, 6, he says uh, God has, he will complete it. But in the King James, King James says it this way. King James says, uh, he being confident this very thing that he who's begun a good work in you shall perform it. Then I, I sent it to you immediately. He, he will perform it. He will perform it. He will perform it. Y'all, y'all see that? Tell your neighbor, God's ready to put on a show. Oh, boy. He will perform it. Whatever God promised, whatever God started, he will perform it. So Christmas isn't about gifts and trees and Santa Claus or reindeer. I better say it again. Somebody didn't hear me. It's not about gifts and trees and Santa Claus or reindeer. It's about the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Now watch this. The birth of Jesus, the fulfillment of God's word. He wasn't just born arbitrarily. He wasn't just born coincidentally. He wasn't just born accidentally. He's the fulfillment of God's word. He's the performance of God's promises. Are y'all catching this here? Can I give you a little history on this? Just three places. In Deuteronomy 18, verse 15, Moses told the Israelites, he said to them, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your midst. That word prophet is capitalized because he's prophetically declaring that God's going to raise up Jesus. So Moses, before he leaves this planet in in the book of Deuteronomy, he speaks to the children of Israel and says, God is going to raise up for you, for you, a prophet like me from your midst, from your brethren, him, capital H, you shall hear. Tell your neighbor, that's Jesus. Y'all got to catch this. He didn't sneak into the earth. He wasn't incidental or accidental or coincidental. He was pre-planned. This was, not, this was not an unplanned pregnancy. This was pre-planned by God before time began. Are y'all catching this? Jeremiah 33, verse 14 and 15. Jeremiah 33, verse 14 and 15. Watch what, what, what God says through, through Jeremiah. It says, behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that I will perform that good thing which I promised to the house of Israel and to the house of Judah. Notice God says, the day is going to come, I'm going to perform the good thing. The word thing there, if you look it up in the Hebrew, will be the word debar, which means the word thing is the same as the word word. So we can actually read that and say, God says, I'll perform that good word. The word became flesh. I'll perform that good word which I promise. Anybody here got a word from God? Just 16 of you. Anybody here got a word from God? Well, I ain't never heard God talk to me. Open your Bible. He's talking every single day. He says, I'll perform that good word, that thing I promised to the house of Israel and to the house of Judah. In those days and at that time, I will cause to grow up to David a branch, capital B, of righteousness. 
That's referring to Jesus. Everybody say, that's Jesus. Hallelujah. He didn't sneak into the earth. God planned him to be here. He shall execute judgment and righteousness in the earth. Now I want to go to a place that you all know so well, Isaiah chapter 9. Isaiah 9. I want to show you that this is not some accidental, incidental, coincidental birth that God planned Jesus to be here because God gave his word. God gave his word. In Isaiah 9 and 6, put your finger in Isaiah 9 6. Media disc just came to me. Give me Genesis 3.15. I know this is on the script. Give me Genesis 3.15. I want to show you that from the very beginning, God spoke Jesus into existence or into, into, into his carnate state. Genesis 3.15, God tells, tells Satan. When Satan messed around and got Adam and Eve to fall and eat the fruit, remember that? How many of y'all remember that story? That, that's why we got sin and all the, all the sickness and disease and poverty in the earth because of what happened. Look at this, Genesis 3.15. God says, and I will put enmity, hatred, war between you, Satan, and the woman, Eve, and between your seed, the seed of Satan, and her seed, capital S. He, capital H, shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his, capital H, heel. Who is this talking about? Help me. It's Jesus. So even from Genesis 3, God spoke Jesus into, into the planet. Hallelujah. We, we, could, we could go in that chapter and see in that chapter 3 right there where because Adam and Eve sinned, you remember they, they were now realized they were naked. Oh man, I don't want to get too far off base. They realized they were naked and all of a sudden they, they begin to weave together some, some leaves. They're going to try to cover themselves. But that, that man-made covering, that thing that they put together wouldn't work. It wouldn't cover them. And the Bible says God took an animal and slayed that animal and covered them in animal skin. That was, a, that was a prototype of Jesus. Because only he can cover our sins. And you shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Are y'all hearing this? Are you in Isaiah 9? Verses 6 and 7, I just want to show you this is all intended. For unto us, a child, capital C, is born, and unto us, a son, capital S, is given. And the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God. Come on. Y'all preach it back to me. Come on. Verse 7, of the increase of his government. This is how Baptist preachers all over the country are preaching this right now. Of the increase of his government. And his peace. There will be what? Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with just judgment. And from that time forward, even forever, the zeal will do what? Perform this. So notice that God here in Isaiah 9 gives his word and says that God, his zeal, will perform it. Perform what? Perform this word. So I'm here to tell you that whatever word God has given you, he's zealous about performing that word. 
Whatever God, word God has given you, he's, zealous means excited. That means God is more excited about his word to you than you are about his word to you. God is more excited. He's more zealous about blessing you than you are about being blessed. Y'all better catch this. God is more excited about you being healed than you are about being healed. God's more excited about you getting married than you are about you getting married. He's more excited about you having a baby than you are about having a baby. He's more excited about you getting a new house than you are about getting a new house. He's, he's more excited about your new car than you are about your new car. Because if he gave you a word, his zeal will perform it. I'm not talking to anybody on this side of here. His zeal will perform it. I dare you to hit your neighbor in the eye and tell him God's going to do it. God's going to do it. No, don't hit him in the eye. I was just kidding, y'all. Don't. Some of y'all saw that as y'all perfect opportunity to bust somebody in the eye. Don't do that. So notice his zeal will perform this. There are millions of people, you know what happens during this season between Thanksgiving and New Year's. Millions of people get depressed and they give up hope. They get desperate, even suicidal during this season. But if they only knew what we are learning, they understand that Christmas is actually a constant reminder that God keeps his promises. Christmas is a constant reminder that God keeps his promises. So every time December 25th comes around, you ought to say, well, God keeps his promises. And if he did it before, he's going to do it again. He's faithful through every season. So why would he fail now? Tell, tell your neighbor, he won't, he won't. Tell somebody, he won't fail you, he won't fail you. God won't fail you. Because God is zealous about performing his word to you. In John chapter 1, go to John chapter 1. In the beginning, this is John, the beloved, recording his gospel. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Notice here, the word word is capitalized, which means this word word is actually referring to a person. And that person is the same person we've been reading about all this time. That's Jesus. In the beginning was, was Jesus, and Jesus was with God, and Jesus was God. He's part of the Godhead. Are y'all following this here? But let's deal with it at just word. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Verse 14 says, and the word became flesh. So, very simply, the word was in the beginning. Don't forget that. The word was in the beginning. Jesus, yes. But also understand the word was in the beginning. And it became flesh. In 1 John 1 verse 1, in the CEV translation, it says this. This is, this is John, the same John who wrote John 1 is the one who wrote 1 John chapter 1 and verse 1. He says this in the CEV, the word that gives life 
was from the beginning. He's reiterating what he wrote here. The word that gives life was from the beginning, and this is the one our message is about. Watch this. Watch this. Catch this. This is important. Our ears have heard, our eyes have seen, and our hands have touched this word. Oh. You'll get it. Just hang on. He says, our ears have heard, our eyes have seen, our hands have touched. Now, in most church, most church, people are accustomed to hearing the word. And that's good. Very, you take a smaller part, part of that group who see the word. In other words, I don't just mean read the Bible. Plenty of people can read the Bible. But to see the word means you get a revelation. I don't know who's catching this. It's one thing to hear. But to see means revelation. If you only hear it, it's information. There are people who come in and will sit right here in this church today who will hear me preach and leave it at information. But you don't want to stop at hearing the word. You want to see the word. Now, let, let, me, just, let me just help you for all, all, you, all you theologians. He's talking about Jesus. He's talking about we heard him, we saw him, we touched him. But I'm talking about your word, your promise. So it's one thing for me to hear the word. I hear the gospel. That's great. You started great. That's, that's good. You, you're, you're on the right path. But you want to spend more time with that word until you see it. Just because you hear it doesn't mean you see it. See it means you got revelation. To get revelation, you got to have some meditation on the word. I'm going to meditate the word day and night. I'm going to meditate the word day and night. I'm going to spend time with that word day and night until what I heard, I see it. Until the logos in the Greek becomes a rhema. I see that word. Oh God, I see it. Until now, I can see myself living that word. I can see myself having that word. I can see myself uh, operating in that word. I see it. Now, once you go from information to revelation, the next step is manifestation. He said, Hit the word we heard, we've seen, and our hands have touched. That means that what you hear and what you see, at some point, you ought to be able to touch it. And if you've not yet touched any word, if you've not yet touched means that's manifestation. You can only manipulate, you can only manipulate what, you, what has manifested. You can't touch what's not manifested. So for you to get manifestation, you need to have a revelation. So that word our ears have heard, but then our eyes, our spiritual eyes have seen, and now our hands. You can't drive until you get a revelation. You will never live in more house than you get a revelation for. I better come back over here. You'll never live in more house. Is this on? I said you'll never live in more house than you get a revelation for. 
You'll never drive more than you get a revelation for. You'll never live in more health than you get a revelation for. You'll never live in more freedom and deliverance than you get a revelation for. The Bible says you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you. So you got to know the truth. You got to get a revelation. Once you get a revelation, it's going to make you rich, make you heal, make you free, make you blessed. It's going to make you something. This word our eyes have, our ears have seen, our eyes, our ears have heard, our eyes have seen, and our hands have touched. Anybody ready to touch the word this year? I mean, some things you've been believing God for, some things you've been sending on for the last six years, are you ready to touch it in 2024? Are you ready to see some manifestation? Ain't nobody, nobody, anybody over there, I'm gonna stay over here. Y'all ready to see some manifestation in 2024? God, give me more revelation. Give me more. Help me to see better than I've ever seen. Help me to see more. Help me to see higher. Help me to see better. Help me to see bigger. That, that's why I don't understand, Elder Baker, the tiny house movement. You know why people get, get in the tiny house movement? Because that's their revelation. That's the revelation. Now, if you want that, that's fine. But if, that's, if you got, got to say that because that's your revelation, change that. You need a bigger revelation. All right, I can't stay there. So may I tell you that the promise you're standing on will become tangible real soon. Tell your neighbor, that promise you're standing on will become tangible real soon. That promise you're standing on will become tangible real soon. I, I need somebody to help me out. I said that promise you're standing on will become tangible real soon. I want you to remember this this Christmas. Remember this, that Jesus Christ is proof that every word, every promise from God will manifest. He is the word. He's still the word. Revelation 19, verse 13, the Bible says, and his name is called the word of God. Even in his triumphant post-rapture state, he is still called the word. In the beginning was the word. Now here he is at the end, he's still called the word of God. Now remember what we saw in Isaiah 46.10. Isaiah 46.10, God declares the end from the beginning. He declares, declares, speaks, proclaims the end from, that means that everything that has ever or will ever come to pass starts with a word. Are you hearing me? Let's dig in. Now, everything that, you, that will ever come starts with a word. Hebrews 11 verse 3 says, By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So everything and all the times that we see started with the word. You don't see anything in this earth. No, because the next part of this verse says, So that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. So everything in the seen realm came from a word, an invisible word. 
So when you get a word from God, whether he spoke to you individually in a dream or you were, you were someone, someone gave you a prophetic word or you spent time in the word or you sat under, under preaching and received the word for yourself, you, if you received it, you received something invisible. But you celebrate already because you know that what will be visible is going to come from this invisible word. By faith. Tell your neighbor, Merry Christmas. May I tell you this, that every word from God will manifest, will become flesh if you believe. Every word from God will materialize. It will become flesh if, tell you never, you have to believe. In Luke chapter 1, verse 37 and 38, Luke 1, 37 and 38 in the Amplified Classic, says, for with God, nothing is ever, help me read it, for with God, nothing and no word shall be without or so if God gives a word, it has a power in it already to come to pass. God doesn't ever speak any empty words. Your girlfriend or your boyfriend or your, maybe your husband or wife might speak empty words. Y'all have friends that might speak empty words. Politicians speak empty words. But God never speaks empty words. No word he gives will be without power or impossible Verse 38, then Mary said, Mary, who's the mother of, jo of Jesus, Mary said, behold, I am the handmaiden of the Lord. Let it be done to me according to what you have. Let it be to me according to your word. The word you spoke, let it be to me. So notice she says, I'm going to receive. How many of y'all have received prophetic words from God? You've received the preach word of God. You've received the written word of God. Now, let me help you. Luke 145, Luke 145 in the KJV says this, and blessed is she that believe, for there shall be, there shall be, oh my. Somebody holler Merry Christmas. And blessed is she that believe, for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. That means the performance is because of her believing. You better watch this. The performance is not because it was said. The performance is because she believed. There are plenty of people who've heard prophetic words and never saw performance because they never actually believed it. But if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. So every word from God will materialize, will manifest, will become flesh if you believe. Blessed is she. Blessed am I who believe. I'm making it personal myself. Because God has done so much, but I believe God has much more in store. I believe God has something else up his sleeve for me. Y'all better catch this, boy. 2024 is going to be the year of much more. And if you don't get yourself ready, it's going to mess your head up when you watch what God does for other people all around you. This, this is not the time to disconnect 
get strife in you. It's not the time. Slip back out in the sin. I said slip back out in the sin. Because this plane is about to take off. <laughs> Blessed is she that believe, for there shall be performance of those things which are told from the Lord. Christmas is a reminder that God will perform everything He promises. While you're opening gifts, just remember God will do it. While you're having your dinner or your breakfast, remember God will do it. While you're going out seeing lights, remember God will do it. If nobody else gives you anything, media, give me Romans 8, 32. Romans 8, 32. Romans 8, 32. I know I'm off script again. Y'all just bear with me. Romans 8, 32. Because if nobody else comes and knocks on your door, rings your doorbell, if nobody sings Christmas carols on your front porch, I want you to know this, that he who did not spare his own son, he, God, who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely Give us all things. So God doesn't need somebody else to do it for you. If God, y'all, I said this many years ago, I hear it, it's here. If God's got to strap your blessing on the back of a monkey. Oh, uh, y'all don't have, I don't know y'all. Y'all don't like that. If God's got to strap your miracle on the back of a monkey. If God got to strap your husband, if God got to strap your wife on the back of a monkey, if he got to cross the Red Ocean, if he got to cross the Red Sea, if he got to cross the mountain, no matter what it takes, God knows how to get what he promised to you. You better give God a shout about that. Just go ahead. Sit down. I got to finish. I got nine minutes. I got nine minutes. Christmas is a reminder that God will perform everything he promises. Now remember, this is, this is going to materialize by our faith. Tell your neighbor, you got to believe. Romans 4, verse 20 and 21 says this. He, Abraham. Now listen, I know, I know things get rough. I know I've been there. I testified about, about this to y'all three Sundays ago. I was in a rough place. I was in a rough place where, where I was like, Lord, when? When? Lord, what? How, Lord? What, what you going to do, Lord? It's taking a long time, Lord. How in the world? God, thank God he had to jack me up and straighten me out. Abraham did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. He was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully convinced. Fully convinced. I hear y'all King James folk, fully persuaded. What persuasion are you? I'm of the faith persuasion. 
believe God. Tell somebody, I believe God. I believe God. Tell, somebody, I believe God. I believe Tell somebody else, I believe God. Tell somebody else, I believe God. He will do what he said he will do. It may not come in the right time that I think, but God knows how to get me exactly what I need. He knows how to bring me everything he promised. He knows how to do exactly what he said he is going to do. Hallelujah. He was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully convinced that what he had promised Watch this. He was also able. Somebody say, I know he's able. Pastor, how you know he's able? Because I look back over my shoulder. How you know he can do it? Because I look back over my shoulder. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all for me. My soul cries out. Hallelujah! 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 Thank God for saving me. He was fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. God's ready to perform in your life. The stage is being set. The curtains are about to be drawn back. And the greatest show on earth is about to take place in your life. Hallelujah! Let me hurry and finish. Y'all, y'all gonna try to make me preach. Let me, I'm, I'm a teacher, I'm a teacher, I'm a teacher. Hebrews 11, verse 11. Abraham didn't do this by himself. I said, Abraham didn't do this by himself. Let me talk to you married couples. If you're going to get God to do anything in your life, you better get on the same page. I said, let me talk to you married couples. If God's going to come in your life, you better get on the same page. You don't have time for strife and arguing and fighting and fussing. Your spouse is not your enemy. The devil is your enemy. He knows what happens if two of you shall agree on earth concerning anything they ask it. It shall be done for them by my Father in heaven. I ain't got time to argue with you. I gotta beat this devil down because I believe God is gonna do something big in my life. Now if you're single, all you need is Jesus. He's already in agreement with you. He's already on your side. All his promises are yes. And in him, amen, through Christ Jesus. Can I get the single folk to give God a hallelujah? Hallelujah. Oh. But watch, Abraham didn't do this by himself. Hebrews 11, verse 11. His, here comes his wife. Here comes his wife. By faith, Sarah received strength 
to conceive seed and she bore a child she got the promise when she was past the age tell somebody next to you it ain't too late tell them tell somebody it's never too late with Jesus if you got a word God will bring it to pass in your life don't quit don't give up don't throw in the tower it's never too late you might be past the age past the time past the limit but God still has time now watch 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 how did this happen D because she judged him faithful who had promised what does it mean Lamika? that Sarah looked over her shoulder I just about to turn around, look over your shoulder, look over your shoulder, look over your shoulder. What do you mean, pastor? The reason she judged God faithful about this baby was because when she and Abraham first heard God talking, they didn't hardly have anything. And God told them, I'm going to bless you and you're going to be a blessing. And she remember went back in the beginning. Back in the beginning, Aisha, when she was doing all the cooking, all the cleaning, all the sewing but now they had a house full of servants somebody else doing the cooking I can't get one witness somebody else doing the cleaning somebody else folding the clothes somebody else doing the ironing she can look back over her shoulder and remember where God brought her from and she knew if God had already done that the same God who said that and did that is the same God who said this and he'll do this she judged him faithful I dare somebody to look over your shoulder one more time and say God's been so good to me I know you're ready to spring into 2024 but look at 2023 and say God's been good to me Hallelujah. Sarah remembered the former things. She remembered the things of old. And she knew God would do it. Sit down. I'm, I got to finish. I, I think I'm in the red. I'm past time. Lord. Oh, I, I'm good. I got a minute and 30, 36 seconds. Somebody shout, I believe God. I believe God. I believe God. I dare you to high five three people tell them Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, Merry. God's gonna bless you, Merry Christmas. God's gonna do it, Merry Christmas. God's gonna come through, Merry Christmas. It shall come to pass, Merry Christmas. It's going to happen like he said it would. Merry Christmas. Mary had a baby, my Lord. And if Mary had a baby, God going to do it in my life too. Hallelujah.
<laughs> Hallelujah. Now watch. I want to sure this word up. I want to give you a Bible. So I don't want I don't want you to just holler. And I'm not here to just holler. I want to give you the word. Because when the hollering is done, you're gonna still need the word. When you get home, ain't gonna be no keyboards and no tracks. You're gonna need this word when you get home. Joshua 23, verse 14. Joshua said this, behold, this day I'm going the way of all the earth. I'm talking to somebody. And you know in all your hearts and in all your souls that not one thing has failed of all the good things which the Lord your God spoke concerning you. All have come to pass for you. Not one word of them. Tell your neighbor, he never failed me yet. He never failed me yet. And he won't fail me now. Tell him he won't fail you now. God won't fail you. I said he won't fail you. He won't let you down. Every word he spoke. First Kings chapter 8, verse 56. Blessed be the Lord. This is Solomon talking. Who has given a rest to his people Israel according to all that he promised. There has not failed one word of all his good promise which he promised through his servant Moses. So God, his track record is that he never failed. If God said it, he's going to do it. If God spoke it, he's going to make it good. Say yes! All right, let me finish. This Christmas, like Sarah, I want you to judge God faithful. Jesus Christ was born as living proof of God's faithfulness. He's performed every good thing he's spoken in his word. Now watch this. He's a master performer. Job 23, 14. Watch this. For he performs oh, what is appointed for me eyes haven't seen ears haven't heard it hasn't entered to the heart of men of things that God has prepared for those who love him there are some things that God has prepared for you there are some things God has appointed for you God's got a blessing with your name on it Tell somebody around you, God's got a blessing. God's got a blessing. God's got a blessing. With your name on it. 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 And he will perform it. What is upon it for me? Well, God, what about this? And what about that? What about the other? That thing over there. Psalm 57, verse 2. 
I will cry out to God most high to God who performs all things tell your neighbor this and that I put it all in his hands